the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Five minutes after the hour of 5 p.m. on this, your basic Wednesday, the 10th day of January. Great to have you on board for another edition of Lifeline. We are here, of course, each Monday through Friday from 5 until 7 p.m. addressing issues that impact your life, your world, and your Christian walk. Coming up today, a little bit later on, we're going to be talking with Dr. Childress. He is going to be one of the keynote speakers at the upcoming 14th annual West Coast Walk for Life. I remember when they first proposed doing something like this better than 10 plus 15 years ago, and I thought, mm, great idea, love it. Maybe we can get 50 or 100 people to show up. <laughs> Little did we know it would turn into the largest pro-life walk in the country of which we are quite pleased. So we'll get you details on the keynote speakers and what's going to be taking place on Saturday, January the 27th in San Francisco when Dr. Childress joins us a little bit later on in the program. It is called New American Slavery by some. The numbers tell a big story, and it's a shocking one. 20,000, 20,000 trafficked into the United States annually forcibly to participate in an industry that, depending upon whom you speak to, runs anywhere from 50 to 75 to as much as $150 billion a year. On average, one out of every six runaways gets pulled into the vortex. And last year alone, there were more than 25,000 reported cases, and those are just the ones we know about. And, of course, clearly, if 25,000 cases were reported, that number is multiplied many, many, many times over. We are talking, of course, about sex trafficking. It is, as I suggest, big business. And it's one that my next guest suggests needs to stop. Joining me today in studio is the founder and host of Love Never Fails, heard Saturday afternoons at 3 p.m. here on KFAX, Vanessa Russell. Hi. Great to see you again. Happy yes, New Year to happy you. Happy New Year. These numbers yeah. are so staggering. And, and, you know, I guess at a level, we probably shouldn't be surprised. We'll look at what's going on with the scandals right now and what's been emerging in Hollywood, yeah. even in the political world. I woke up today to read that there is a state representative from Ohio yeah. that had been accused of uh, some nefarious activities who committed suicide over it. Yeah. It's beginning to hit the newspapers, and I suppose as much as we look at the Me Too movement, mm -hmm. wow, if this is what's happening in a public arena, yeah. in the entertainment world, in the political world, we really don't even begin to understand what's happening in sort of the, the deep, dark crevices of America today, do we? No, I, I think that we are um, just starting to get a, an appreciation for really the human condition and things that um, 
uh, we can be very easily ensnared in at any time, at any place, by anyone, if we're not vigilant about uh, understanding what our vulnerabilities are, the vulnerabilities of others, and if we don't um, uh, care, really, about one another in, in the way that Christ would have us to do that. How, how did you begin caring, Vanessa, about this topic? You, you're involved as an executive. You've worked in Silicon Valley for yeah. many years. How did this first come onto your radar screen? Well, um, I was teaching dance for, uh, I was teaching at-risk youth dance for about 14 years uh, in San Leandro, and one of my 15-year-olds stopped coming to class. I later learned that she uh, was being trafficked uh, throughout California, and that was quite a shocker to me. Super smart girl, um, was uh, very quiet, and came to learn that uh, she had been uh, tricked into a relationship, uh, what she thought was going to be a boyfriend-girlfriend situation, which then turned into exploitation. And um, she was out there for a year. And as I searched for her and in, in places which um, are in, in any of our Bay Area cities on what's called tracks or blades where people are sold in broad daylight and in the evening hours all, all around 24 by 7, I became aware that it wasn't just my student. This wasn't an anomaly. This was happening uh, in our streets and online, and it was very common and happening to our children. The average age of a person that is trafficked is 11 to 14. Wow. And as you suggest, this isn't simply in the uh, dark, dank parts of town, the seedy neighborhoods that nobody goes into in doing research for our conversation today. And I think we've talked about this in the past as well. Uh, the Super Bowl yeah. tends to be one of the biggest magnets mm-hmm. for sex trafficking. And some of the research that I've read suggests that when the average American family goes on vacation, mm-hmm. you're going to a nice resort, you're going to a wonderful tourist town, you're going to Disneyland, you're going to New York, you're going to Chicago, wherever, that in that very same hotel where you and your family are staying mm-hmm. are likely multiple women who are there against their will That's right. to produce money for individuals, sometimes even those involved in organized crime. Mm-hmm. And it's big business. I, right. I read that on average, a, a, an individual that's, that's, that's basically engaged in doing the trafficking and in, in, in running the trafficking, they can make up to $32,000 a week. Oh, yeah. Folks in this country barely make that in a year. Yeah, seven hundred and forty to a million dollars free and clear a year. Tax free. Tax free, and um, and that's why you know it's so enticing. Uh, in and um, and unfortunately, the uh, many do not think about the cost of the human life that is being uh, committed. Uh, you know, each person, each each victim is forced on average to sleep with to uh, uh, you know basically be a sex slave to 3000 people wow. a year and so very very troubling and then the aftermath you know as you know we have two homes where we provide housing for women and children and to see the aftermath Uh, a survivor trying to rebuild his or her life. The physical, emotional, spiritual ashes of their life, essentially. And and, and I guess we should be quick to add to this that um, 
some people that, that think of it perhaps in in terms of uh, hookers and johns working in you know the tenderloin of San Francisco, mm-hmm. that we sometimes I think get the false impression that people choose this for some reason, right? Um, and I suspect that would suggest that we really don't know much about the topic if we would think anybody would choose this life. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I actually did an interview on another station um, with a, um, a host in San Francisco who's had people that are part of the sex workers union on his show to talk about their perspective. And um, there was, you know, there's certainly a stance that I've chosen this. This is what I want. But oftentimes when you ask someone who's taking that position, uh, you ask them about their background. And you say, were you abused as a child? They will nine times out of ten tell you that they had been primed. They had been groomed from childhood for this mindset that says, I want to be here. And I'm of the mind that no one would choose this. No one would choose. You know, during Super Bowl times, I hear that the quota that many of the women and men who are exploited during that time carry is 21 to 27 people a day that they're sleeping with. I don't think anyone would choose that. There's, there's no choice in that. You don't get to choose who your, uh, the person who's buying you might be. Uh, you, you don't get to choose what they smell like. You don't get to choose how they treat you. Um, I don't see how that would be a choice if you had another alternative. So in many cases, they get pulled in, and then they get stuck. They yeah. get stuck because they are either brought into the world of drugs and drug abuse, forcibly yep. so, they get stuck because they feel as if, well, doing this, how can I ever go out and get a respectable job? Right. They get stuck because oftentimes the perpetrators threaten them. That's right. And then I guess, too, there is a way or a degree to which the the victim is criminalized that yeah. from the eyes of the law, they're engaging in criminal behavior. And so oh, yeah. you're kind of, what do you do? You you waltz down to the police department and say, I need help because right. I've been working as a prostitute for 10 years. That's They're right. going to put you in handcuffs. That's right. And I, I actually am involved in a case uh, where a woman has been exploited for 18 years and has children by the person who's exploited her and has wanted to get out of that situation for many years but never knew how. And now she's actually being charged with human trafficking, um, even though she was has been exploited for 18 years since she was 18 years old. And think about the the uh, outcome for the children who now are faced with their parents being incarcerated, um, including mom, uh, because um, the parents are both, you know, guilty of this crime, um, but really not looking into clinical uh, issues like trauma bonding, uh, like Stockholm syndrome that people developed uh, that are being mass manipulated in that way. Become coping mechanisms in a sense. Yes. In order just to deal with the turmoil and the trauma yeah. of the experience. That's right. And I suppose as much as after a season they get they get uh, desensitized, I suppose to a great degree society has become desensitized right. to this as well. And, and I want to talk about that more when we come back after a timeout because it strikes me that as, as widespread as this issue is, not only in the United States but globally, we're talking about – millions of people. And some of the numbers that I've seen are suggest that we're looking at, in addition to the 20,000 that get trafficked into the United States annually, upwards of 21 million mm-hmm. people, almost almost two-thirds the population of California, right. that are pulled into this vortex. And I would, I would imagine that to the great degree, it almost begins to take on a sense of it being conspiratorial 
because there's so much money to be made. And we'll talk about that as we continue our conversation with Vanessa Russell. Vanessa is the founder and host of Love Never Fails. The radio show, by the way, here on KFAX can be heard Saturdays at 3 p.m. Details available on the web at loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. Let's take a brief time out. Let's get you updated on traffic right now. We've got Michael Bennett standing by with the latest at 515 from the KFAX Traffic Center. Michael? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. 20 minutes after the hour, 5 p.m. on your Wednesday ride home. Today in studio, we are pleased to have with us Vanessa Russell. Vanessa is the founder and host of Love Never Fails, heard Saturday afternoons at 3 p.m. right here on KFAX. We've been talking about what I've termed new American slavery, although it really is global slavery when you consider the fact that, that across the globe, there are upwards of, you know, again, these are rough estimates, 21 million people that are victims of this. And it's not just in places that you'd think, well, yeah, I've heard about uh, sex tourism in places like Thailand and Cambodia. It's happening throughout Europe. It happens in the Western world. Mm -hmm. It's happening here in the United States. It's happening here in the Bay Area. Mm -hmm. And I guess one of the big reasons why it's happening and seems to continue to happen just down below the surface is the fact that this is really big money. I mean, oh, this yeah. is outrageously big money. Yes. Yes. When you think about criminal activity, it's the third uh, largest criminal enterprise uh, moving into the second uh, position very quickly, and it's growing at the fastest rate. And that's because uh, you can sell a person over and over again. Yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's an automatic renewable resource. Unlike selling drugs, you grow the marijuana once and you can sell it once, but right. here you can do it over and over and over and over again. That's right. And then not only that, but you um, you have a person that you can coerce, that you can uh, you can intimidate into not, uh, you know, testifying against you, not uh, uh, giving you over to the police, whereas you're, you're, you're caught, you know, with your hand in the cookie jar if you have those those types of drugs on you. Is part of the issue here, just to kind of take a step back from it, beyond the fact that there's a huge financial motivator in here, I'm wondering how much of this as well is, and certainly from a Christian perspective, sin nature is at the very foundation. Oh, yeah. But, but that said, I wonder, too, if that there's a lot of societal endorsement of this, maybe not overtly but covertly because as we referenced in the opening part of the program today everything we're seeing going on in hollywood right oh, now yeah. i mean it, i i i feel as some of the shock and awe has been disingenuous because hollywood is shocked to find out that women are being objectified and abused and i'm thinking don't you go to the movies right. that you produce right don't you watch any of the tv shows that you are putting on right. network television every night or video games i mean we have gotten one maybe two generations now of Americans and American children that have been force-fed the steady diet of sex and violence. That's right. And the the demeaning of not only the value of relationships, but I would say at certain levels, even our humanity. Yes. 
And so I wonder from your perspective, Vanessa, does any of this really surprise you when you see how much goes on and how much that we kind of say, well, that's a terrible thing, and then we're off to talking about the latest statistics of how our stocks have done on Wall Street and not really giving this a second thought? No, it's it's definitely part of our culture. And some would say that we live in a rape culture and a culture that is uh, comfortable with um, uh, taking advantage of the lesser, taking advantage of, of someone who's vulnerable for your own gain. And the over-hypersexualization of children is so prominent. Um, I've shared with you in the past, Craig, and others on the show that that we see thong underwear being made for children. We see um, a a brand of of clothing for infants called Pimpfants. We see, um, uh, you know, uh, Fox TV had a show on for a while called The Girlfriend Experience, which is referring to... um, an actual acronym that's used while exploiting uh, young ladies and young men and uh, really talking about um, engaging with them without any any um, without any contraception and these uh, this was just on regular network TV eight o'clock in the evening um, and it was glorifying a, 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 a girl who had dropped out of school because she was empowered uh, to get what she wanted by way of exploitation and that's the way it's characterized in the in the TV TV shows in the movies that is some sort of empowerment that's happening uh, when in fact it's it's extremely debilitating degrading and as you said American slavery but at a level as much as we've articulated the reality that this is about money it's only about money for half of the equation I have to wonder you use the word power or empowerment I wonder if the real motivator here from the other side of the equation is not power mm. because I can't imagine when you when you hear depictions of people meeting in seedy hotels in bad neighborhoods with a total stranger and engaging in in uh, marital relationships without the benefit of marriage for an hour yes that that is pleasure. Yeah. That sounds to me like this has to be somebody that has either a very warped definition of what sexual relationships are supposed to be or that somehow is gaining some degree of of pleasure from the power. Yeah. Because isn't there an exchange of power as well as money here? Absolutely. Power and control. And I think there's a couple different dynamics. You know, there's a there's a motivation for the exploiter, which is the one who's making most of the money. And there, that's absolutely power and control uh, and, and greed. Uh, but the buyer, I think, is what you were talking, you know, you're referring to. And I have to wonder, is there some addiction that's going on there? Is there some, is there some insecurity? Is there some lack? that is happening on the part of a buyer. Also, the desire for control and power as well. But um, I think that, you know, and and this is one of the reasons why we actually try to be an organization that is empathetic towards all players um, and and look at it from a biblical perspective and look at it through God's eyes because uh, if you look at it in the natural, it's really hard. It can be very hard to relate to. But in the spirit realm, you begin to see that this is a broken person that is trying to uh, rebuild themselves by uh, controlling another, by having a, objectifying another, having another at their fingertips, at their disposal. Um, But at the end of that engagement, and I've I've spoken with many, um, mostly men that have uh, been buyers in the past, and they said that they feel dirty, they feel worthless, they feel unclean, they feel um, disgusted with themselves. 
And even more so, many of them had convinced themselves that this wasn't a child. They had convinced themselves that this wasn't um, uh, this was something that the woman wanted. And when they come to learn the the dire circumstances that a, a survivor, that a victim of human trafficking is enduring in order to provide them that pleasure, um, many of them began to sweat. They looked as though they needed to, uh, you know, run to the bathroom. They had tears in their eyes. And I know that there are survivors that may be listening that says, oh, uh, poor them. But I just I, I'm bringing that out to say it's 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 a lose lose. Nobody wins in this situation, and yet um, there's this demonic um, in, uh, agenda uh, that is leading them both into the pit of hell. But let's be careful to to also delineate here that in this this triangle, I'll call it, mm-hmm. that has the buyer, the seller, and the product or the person that's being exchanged. Isn't there a sense, Vanessa, of almost double victimization taking place oh, yeah. here? Isn't it kind of two on one? That's right. That's right. It's horrific. Um, one one story that comes to mind is of a young lady who was developmentally disabled, um, also had become drug addicted to cope, and was also um, uh, had some mental illness. So three whammies. Uh, and she was being uh, sold by an exploiter, and, and part of her social security check was being kept by the exploiter wow. while he sold her to uh, a, a buyer who basically kept her in his home and signed up to be her payee for social services. So he not only was paying the buyer and paying the exploiter, he was keeping part of her social services check, and they both were using her willingly. M- multiple layers of exploitation taking place there. Yeah. Now, that said... Um, I do have to agree with you that the person that's on the buying side clearly has some issues. Yeah. Um, And I would suppose at a level, as we use again this example of what's going on in Hollywood right now, which is really more symptomatic of what's going on within Mm -hmm. our culture today, and let's be clear to say that, uh, as much as there have been names that have been in the news, big major movie producers, things of this sort, we can't just look at Hollywood and say, well, what a horrible bunch of vile individuals. Well, it's a symptom of what's happening to the greater degree in society. And I suppose if we could have every woman listening right now do a show of hands if this wasn't radio and we could see their hands, we'd find out that there would be a shocking percentage that say, well, I've suffered similar exploitation. No, not on the casting couch at a Hollywood movie studio at the hands of some movie mogul, but at the hands of an employer, at the hands of a teacher, the hands of a family relative or a next-door neighbor, for That's heaven's right. sake. That's right. and, and it would seem to me then, to a degree, insofar as the exploitation that's taking place, whether you're the Hollywood mogul who is exchanging sex for a movie contract right. or the John on the on the street or, you know, browsing for women on, I don't know, a, a Craigslist or whatever that is exchanging cash for sex – it's still the same viol- or, uh, violation, violation, right. isn't it? I mean, they're, right. they're really on a par in that sense. Oh, yeah. It's absolutely the same scenario. And um, and, and in some ways, you know, it's, it's, it's disheartening to hear that this is happening 
everywhere, but also as a survivor of abuse myself, um, it's comforting to know that I'm not alone and that, and, and their solidarity, their strength in numbers. And so as everybody comes together and says, hey, this isn't okay, why is this happening? And starts having some dialogue about what do we need to do to um, honor each other, to respect each other and honor you know, honor life. We had a district attorney in San Francisco, Terrence Hallinan, who for many years you suggested we needed to decriminalize this, that the police and the DA's office were investing far too many resources in dealing with this problem, largely in areas like the Tenderloin of San Francisco. And he referred to it as largely a, and I'm quoting here, victimless crime. When you (laughs) hear that term, does that make your blood boil? Yes, (laughs) it sure does. But it's no surprise. Um, There's there's actually been a a whole movement about, um, and really I think a lot of it is coming from the sex workers union. Uh, A lot of, um, there's a very strong uh, representation there in San Francisco, and, and, and there's this whole mindset that if we weren't having to, um, you know, hang out in dark corners, we wouldn't be as susceptible to abuse. Um, I I would argue that, um, number one, the preponderance of the issues are happening to children, uh, which can't consent to sex. So that's child rape. That's not uh, that's not prostitution. That's not, um, you know, the, the kind of sex that sex workers union is talking about. And then I would argue you again that um, there are many models the Nordic model uh, has proven that um, uh, you know um, not making it a crime decriminalizing it um, doesn't work uh, it has to be done in a way uh, that um, holds people accountable and ensures that um, the the people who who um, uh, you know the people that are there that are um, being uh, being sold being bought uh, have a vehicle to exit and when you decriminalize you remove that vehicle well moreover it seems to me Vanessa that that even if we say okay both sides are agreeing here it's just a business transaction uh, like selling you know tacos on the street corner we're, we're, we're exchanging goods and services that's all no difference whatsoever but even if both sides are agreeing mm-hmm. I, I don't see how that somehow lessens the fact that victimization is still taking place here that's I mean right. I can pick up a bat and hit you over the head with it and as I'm about to hit you you say it's okay right as I go to strike you does that mean that you're not a victim just because you've agreed to it I don't think so yeah it really it really speaks to the psychology of the person who's saying yes and that's where it takes a, a insightful um, uh, you know gr- community does it speak also to the psychology of the community that says, you know, this is no big deal. If this is what women want to do, let's create an environment where it's legal, do like they do in Nevada, do a registry, give them health checks every so many months. Somehow to take it, you know, just because you've taken it out of the shadows doesn't mean that you've made it respectable, nor does it mean that you're no longer victimizing the woman. You're just doing it in a more polite fashion. And do we see any reduction in violence? Do we see any reduction, any improvement in in um, health, in mental health in Nevada? No. Can you can you imagine that these women feel any better about what they're doing? Not I at can't. all. 
and and the numbers don't support that. So um, I, you know, that's a perfect example of uh, it just doesn't work uh, because that kind of work is, um, you know, it comes with a price. It comes with a price, and uh, I would, you know, I don't even like calling it work because it's 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 abuse, it's exploitation. And would you argue that that price is not? limited strictly to the the two participants or the triangle here of business, but that there is a broader price that's paid by by the community, by society. I mean, I would imagine a woman or man that is abused in that fashion, whether they quote unquote do it willingly or not, and I'm not convinced that any of them really do it willingly. At the end of the day, it doesn't seem to be a behavior that makes them better citizens or better parents or better human beings or feel better about themselves. It just seems to be on the negative column, check mark after check mark after check mark. That's right. Uh, there was a study that was done um, a, a state level. I want to say it was in uh, Minnesota, and it was done of a group of 500 survivors, and they found that the cost to actually restore a survivor after um, after they had been exploited was thirty four dollars for every dollar to prevent um, the, uh, you know prevent uh, exploitation. Thirty four dollars was spent on restoration. Why? is that because a survivor after coming out of that life had needed counseling needed uh, help reunifying with their children because they had lost their children and to the you know to the foster system uh, they had and and it's not because they were uh, maybe in ex- uh, exploitation but because they weren't home when they needed to be home to care for the children or because they were um, they had you know were in the hospital because violence had been committed against them or because they were in a drug rehabilitation program and their children were seized. Their um, their households, uh, just to get them into stable housing, getting them education so that they could maintain a, a uh, sustainable life. All of those things cost 34 times what it would cost if we would just do it well in the beginning. And again, sort of indicative of what goes on in our approach to these issues, to the broader sense, the grander sense within society today, we can send a young man or woman to become university educated for $15,000 a year. And yet it takes on average $64,000 a year to keep them incarcerated in a six by eight foot cell doing nothing, accomplishing nothing, learning nothing, but perhaps how to become a better criminal once they get out. With me today in studio, Vanessa Russell. She is the founder and host of Love Never Fails. The program is Saturday afternoons at 3 p.m. right here on KFAX. More information available on the web at loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. When we come back, let's talk a bit about some of the solutions. We've identified how broad the problem is, how widespread it is, how insidious it is. What do we do to help stem the tide of trafficking? in America. We'll get to that part of the conversation as our visit with Vanessa Russell continues right after this. Right now, let's get you an update on traffic. I've got the latest from the KFAX Traffic Center with Michael Bennett. Michael, what's going on out there? And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. All right, we are back. Our conversation today with the founder and president of Love Never Fails, the radio program heard Saturday afternoons at 3 p.m. right here on KFAX. Vanessa Russell is with us today. Information, by the way, about the ministry on the web at loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. 
Com. I guess one of the other areas, Vanessa, that really feeds into this, and we've been kind of connecting the dots between um, trafficking and the sexual attitudes in our country today, uh, the the degree of, of exploitation that takes place within the entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. And I guess, too, one of the big feeders has been the pornography industry, has it not? Oh, yes. Big time. And both on both ends in yep. terms of the, driving the money and I suppose also sparking the interest to a certain degree. Yeah, it's interesting. There's, um, you know, there is a new, and pornography, obviously, um, I think some think of pornography and straight away think of videos and, and you know, something visual. Um, there's now a whole onset of robotic pornography that is being discussed uh, and a lot of um, uh, concern about um, dolls, uh, robots that are actually uh, designed in the image of a child um, to s- supposedly help people with pedophilia. And there's a whole, um, uh, you know, notion that if you were to give someone who's a pedophile a, a doll, um, a child sex doll, if you will, uh, that would um, alleviate their desire for a real child. Um, and, of course, I'm of the mind that that's just going to create a demand. Um, it's going to create a desensitization to um, to what what is the underlying issue that that needs to be dealt with, and um, it's unfortunate. We keep trying to solve these problems um, by creating more problems. But isn't that, to a degree, the the next step, the next logical progression? And and I and I pose the question that way because. When I began first seeing the news reports about all of this, this whole new industry that's springing up, and of course you look at it, and first you're not sure whether or not this is a news story out of the onion or actually something very legitimate, and in fact it is very legitimate. And yet I think to myself, well, boy, now, now they're really taking the term dehumanization to the next logical level. It almost seems, therefore, like it's the next step of the progression because in the very get-go... Dehumanizing people is one of the key tools Mm -hmm. that is utilized in this whole sex trafficking, sex slave trade to begin with. So now that we're going to take it one more step and literally dehumanize it by bringing in mechanical dolls. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And and some of you might be chuckling right now listening to me saying, did he just say what I think he said? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, and the the technology is advancing in that direction. And there are corporations that are putting as much capital into investing in this as there are, you know, legitimate investors who now look at the pot trade in California as the next big financial boom. That's right. Yeah. These robotics are built with artificial intelligence. Um, They these robots can be taught uh, what to say uh, they can learn uh, it's it's very um, I would say very concerning and very dehumanizing it's really you've reduced the sexual act um, the you know relationship to something that is not human and you don't see this as a shift away from exploitation of real human beings but rather a degree to which it just dis- 
becomes what a continuance of this. I think so. I think it's uh, it emphasizes how deep seated the problem is. Uh, I don't think it's going to take the place of of uh, you know the exploitation of real humans. I think it will do nothing more than um, increase the demand. Uh, I don't think that um, that that kind of drive or those kinds of feelings uh, will be addressed with a robot alone. And um, as a matter of fact, I think it's it's very. I'm concerned. Uh, uh, again, about the 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 human who's using the doll as well. Um, well and again, you know? because so much of this goes back to the notion of exploitation for power purposes. Yes, uh, that it would seem if there is any any, uh, and I hate to use the term satisfaction, but for want of a better term, if there's any sense of satisfaction that the individual seeking this power outlet gains from engaging with the mechanical doll that's going to be very short-lived and suddenly the focus is going to be back on someone that they can exploit that they can exercise power over right and that's a perfect point and that's why it is a combination of it's not just about the sex it's about the sex the power and the control so it's almost the equivalent of saying we're going to help the alcoholic stop drinking but instead of giving them a full fifth of booze we'll just give them little airplane size bottles and somehow think it's going to make it better no in fact we're we're feeding into the addiction in a fashion that might make it even more severe that's right i think and i think it also will uh cast the net a little bit wider i think that more people that may not have gone there uh, will try things will look into things that they weren't going to look into and and that will lead them towards this behavior how many people out there void of a firm moral compass that's based on biblical teaching based on the lessons and principles that they were taught as children if they were to be told tomorrow that we have decriminalized murder in america Mm -hmm. wouldn't say oh let me come up with my list right that's right right that's right so you take away the the societal controls right and from again biblical perspective that baseline, debased human nature, that sin condition, steps up to play and says, boy, if you've suddenly made it acceptable, yeah. and I think that's the reason why we've seen the explosion in consumption of things like pornography. That's right. Because from day to day in an age when you had to get into the car and go to the bad part of town where it was dank and dark and there was a seedy neighborhood and nobody ever went down there. And mm-hmm. boy, if somebody from your neighborhood happened to drive through and see you, you'd be caught, be terrible. Now, instead, you sit in the privacy and convenience of your own home or your own office and it comes to you. Right. It has, in a sense, through the accessibility, become um, more acceptable and you know, coming back full circle, the more we see a degradation of the societal taboos, mm-hmm. the greater and more wanton the negative, destructive behavior is going to be. That's right. Yeah, and and you know, and then sadly, those that are partaking are not thinking about that. A large percentage of the people that are in pornography do not want to be there. Are in fact enslaved and kept uh, against their will. Um, and a large percentage of those that are participating in pornography are children. And so they may not look like children, but they are. And so, um, and then there are those that want to watch, you know, purposely are watching children. But these are the 
things that we have to, you know, the realities that we have to start to deal with and challenge uh, one another on. It, you know, if we want to call pornography a normal thing to do, um, let's make sure that um, it's uh, not enslaving another person. Is the current angst that we're seeing over the, the Me Too movement um, and bringing to light some of the bad behaviors, again, in certain individuals, certain industries, is is this an issue that can help catapult to the forefront the matter of this type of exploitation, sex trafficking as well? I mean, it, it seems to me that the more we talk about this, the more that we're willing to come forward and say this is not right, this is wrong, this is violent, this is exploitative, this is something that we need to, as a society and a people and a culture, say enough is enough. Is right. that going to be the key to really push this into the forefront? I, I think so, and I think I'm seeing more and more of that, where people are stepping up. They're calling the National Human Trafficking Hotline when something doesn't look right, and by the way, that's 888-3737-888. And so we, we encourage you, if something doesn't look right, um, you can anonymously report it at that number, or you can text be free b-e-f-r-e-e and that you know the, both of those ways will allow you to make contact with someone who can send someone to the scene to help but you know we, we've got to uh, just from a moral standpoint we've got to say this is enough i'm not okay with this and we've got to uh, line up um if you know if we're certainly if we're operating uh, as christians we have to say this is this is not what god would would want for this child for his child and it's time high time that i do something uh to um stand in the gap for this person who's lost their voice and lost their way and and to also i think come to the realization it's not those women those men those people the the bottom end of society that we place no value on they don't have educations they're useless anyway oh. they've made a disaster of their lives they're drug addicts so it's kind of the disposable end of society yeah. i think we need to quickly be reminded of the fact that when you look at the numbers that are being pulled into this they're being pulled in not voluntarily they're literally being captured yeah. the exploitation of children especially so and you know we as a society, if we hope to survive, have to recognize the role that we have, that we don't we don't volunteer for it. It's obligatory for all of us, I believe, to protect the most vulnerable around us. That's right. That's right. And, you know, one of the scriptures that we, you know, hang our head on is, uh, it, it, you know, just challenges our challenges us to love as Jesus loved and gave himself up. For for us, right, and and we are not um, we're not walking that out. I don't think in many of in, in our lives, if we turn our you know turn away from someone in need, turn away and say, oh, they're from the worst part of town, or they're a throwaway. That's not the heart of Christ. Is part of the approach here, then, Vanessa? Um, like the old adage when it comes to uh, national security, if you see something, say something. That's right. Both in terms of reaching out to the authorities yep. or reaching out to an individual that, as you characterize, may want to get out. 
yeah. but doesn't know how to or is terrified of either the consequences at the hands of the, the, the criminal that has pulled them into this vortex in the first place or the fact that there's the great potentiality of them being victimized twice over because they are the unwitting uh, participant in the com- criminal justice system that instead of recognizing them as Victims mm-hmm. instead, some oftentimes reabuses them by mm-hmm. punishing them for a crime that they never wanted to commit in the first place. That's right. and, and let me quickly add: you didn't hear Craig minimizing this by no means. But I think we need to come to the understanding that that you know the person who's arrested for drug possession, uh, while yes, has committed a crime. Um, may nevertheless not be an individual who went looking for it and found them. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I was talking with one of our um, one of the uh, members of our leadership team who actually has a felony on it in his background, and you would never know that. And he was sharing with me that when, uh, you know, almost 20 years ago, he was in a very hard place, and he was working and receiving ed- uh, unemployment at the same time. And uh, he eventually he came to the Lord. He said, "Hey, I've done this." He confessed it, and he had to pay retribution, pay it back. Nineteen years later, he's carrying a felony on his record for that, and that has uh, followed him everywhere he goes. You would never know. We're talking about someone who's a licensed minister. We're talking about someone who is a, a bless, huge blessing to so many people, and and yet he has this 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 thing that looms over him and of course you know he's now getting it expunged and things of that nature but i think about how many people have this one incident that's following them or this this situation where many times uh, many of the people who are survivors of human trafficking were actually exploited by their own parents Mm -hmm. exploited by their own their husbands their wives and um and to think that they would have to carry that burden and that shame forever. Is it fair to say that so many that get pulled into this uh, are broken individuals to start with? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I just wonder how much broken is enough broken. Mm-hmm. And at, at what point do we say the burden of carrying around that um, the proverbial scarlet letter A, uh, we need to say enough is enough. Yeah. And particularly from a Christian perspective, the answer needs to be the, the, the red that we see should be the anger, the righteous indignation over what is happening, the exploitation that's taking place, and then to recognize that what these people need is not a scarlet letter, a letter A, but rather the scarlet blood of Jesus Christ to forgive them and to free them. And I know that there's a big part of the ministry of Love Never Fails, the title alone, um, is descriptive of the hand of outreach that is being extended to both men and women that have been pulled into this vortex by whatever means, for whatever purpose, but they are there. And now to reach in and give them a hand up and out of that experience so that they can again shed that scarlet letter A and exchange it for the blood of Christ and be cleansed and renewed and be healed. If you want to get more information about the ministry of Love Never Fails, Again, you can tune into the broadcast Saturday afternoons at 3 p.m. right here on KFAX. And check out the website, loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. You need volunteers. You need financial support. You certainly need prayerful support. Folks want to get more information, go to the website. Yep. 
they can go to the website. Um, you you can feel free to reach out to me at Vanessa at loveneverfailsus.com. And you can also uh, give us a call. And um, our number is 844-249-2698. And finally, from an educational standpoint, we've talked about a lot of things today that some people have said, wow, I'm shocked to find this out. I, I've never heard this frank of a discussion. If pastors and churches say, you know what, wow. Yep. Uh, we're wholly ignorant on such matters, both in terms of, of the depth of this and also in terms of being able to step up to our responsibility um, as the church. Uh, are you available to come and speak to churches and help yes. educate? Yes, we do a, uh, something that's called a Freedom Sunday or Freedom Saturday, and we can come out and uh, educate your congregation, or we can meet with your staff and um, do a you know a human trafficking 101 and you know even do something uh, that really uh, disciples your um, your staff or your congregation and helps them to uh, get involved in volunteerism and giving back. This is a topic that impacts significantly more people than any of us realize, and it likely has happened to someone that you know, and it's likely going on in your neighborhood. More information again on the web at loveneverfailsus.com. That's loveneverfailsus.com. And if eavesdropping on this conversation today, you have by happenstance tuned in and you are in that situation right now, you can get information and get help by calling toll-free 888-3737-888. That's 888-3737-888. Or simply text BEFREE. Our thanks to Vanessa Russell for being with us tonight on this edition of Lifeline. We're going to talk next about, quite frankly, another big black eye, another scourge on America today, and that is abortion. While the numbers are reducing, they're not reducing for every community. We'll find out why. Reverend Dr. Chalnard Childress joins us next as this edition of Lifeline continues. All right, 601, let's get updated on some traffic and some headline news. We'll head over to the KFAX Traffic Center. And once again, a good evening to Michael Bennett. Michael. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.